Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, I am Tommy Teebs Pico And I'm Drea Washington And we are Scream Scream Queen Queen, A podcast about scary movies For people not typically depicted in scary movies Now we're not ready for season 2 just yet You know what I mean? Check us out at the end of January for that shit But I wanted to hit you with this between season content Because this year my birthday fell on Friday the 13th Friday December the 13th Which was marked by a Friday the 13th movie marathon at the Alamo Draft House that Drea and I both went to. She drank two iced coffees and then didn't get to bed till four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and also it was the opening weekend for the remake of Black Christmas. So this week we thought we'd talk about Black Christmas with you and then our Act 1 and Act 3 are going to be drawing from the movie marathon from Friday the 13th A New Beginning, Friday the 13th Jason Lives, Friday the 13th The New Blood, and Friday the 13th Jason takes Manhattan. Um, so Drea, actually, I'm gonna then I'll throw it to you. Like, so what's our Act One gonna be? And you be like, we're gonna do a poor one out, and then uh, Act Three, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna do some screen queens from these movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So Drea, will you tell us what we have on the Act Break this week? Uh, for our Act One, we have it's, we're doing the segment "Poor One Out" because a bunch of people died there, real fucked up. There were in a lot terrible of terrible ways. Well, because what I realized though, because we had talked about like in um, the original Black Christmas and in Halloween and stuff like that, people didn't really die until almost the third act. But mm-hmm. what I realized with Friday the Thirteenth is people die every five minutes from the jump. Yeah, yeah, just. Because that's how it's supposed to go. Yeah, so we got a lot of material for our poor one out this week. And for our act three, we'll be doing our Scream Queens from the marathon. So let's take it away. Let's pour one out for some people in those in from Friday the Thirteenth five six seven and eight. Now what I want to do is I want to I'm going to do a twofer. I want to pour one out for a Demon and Anita. Mm-hmm. from uh, Friday the 13th, um, A New Beginning. Because here's the thing. So we knew that Reddy the uh, was Reggie the Reckless had a brother that he wanted to go visit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his brother was also from Return of the Living Dead. Can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, his name was Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Yeah. You might also remember from, like you said, Return of the Living Dead, Carnosaur 2, Leprechaun 4 in Space, and perhaps the scariest of all, Joanna Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. Um, he's also played the following characters. Uh, these are all in quotation marks. Jock number two, Street Tough, Thug, Pool Room Thug Number One, Man with Broken Nose, Voodoo Maestro, and quote unquote transvestite prostitute. Stereotype much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Demon and Anita, this is why I want to pull one out. First of all, they get killed in an outhouse, which is just rude. Second mm. of all, 
Anita, all she liked to do was smoke weed, sing, play pranks, and eat pizza and enchiladas. She was just too cute to die that way. And they didn't even show her death on screen. And that's my mom's name, so I took that personally. And also, this is when uh, I was at Drea's and I came up with the drag name Anita Restraining Order. Oh, Lord. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> and then, like, so then she just, she dies off screen after she's shaken the outhouse. And um, Demon's like, stop doing that, bitch, I'm going to get you or whatever. And then he opens up, she's dead. And then he goes like, then Jason, or well, the killer in part five, spoiler alert, it's not ended up being Jason. But, um, and then he's just like shooting all these like um poles through the outhouse and he kind of gets killed like that. And I was just like, no, I want a demon to stick around for longer. We do, we barely, all we knew was that first of all, there was a lot of crapping going on in these movies. There's two major crap scenes and they, <laughs> where they made announcements. I got to take a shit. I got to go into the woods and take a crap, et cetera. That's, what, that's where you take a shit in the woods. Yeah. But nobody... Had toilet paper, so it was just like... Leaves, Tommy. Leaves and tree, didn't, tree bark and shit. Yeah, but that's a little bit unsanitary. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so like then Demon's like has been eating enchiladas all night, apparently, in his van. Smoking weed, eating enchiladas and pizza and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh shit, I have to go to the outhouse. And he dies in an outhouse on the pot. Like, I thought that was very rude. So I'm pouring one out for Demon and Anita. I appreciate that. Um, Who would you like to pour one out for? Um, we've got Sissy. Uh, Ooh, yeah, she she got her head turned all the way around and then ripped off of her body and then put in a car for somebody to find later. Yeah, and, you know, they kind of build her up in the beginning. Uh, I'm trying to remember, which film was she in? I'm, I'm getting it all mixed up. She was in Jason Lives. Jason Lives. All right, so Jason Lives uh, was really hated by a lot of people. I, apparently, I love Jason Lives. I mm-hmm. think it's probably the most entertaining of the bunch besides Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, they build they built up st- Sissy like she she's discussing this game and uh, that remember the card game she's oh, yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. It almost seemed as though like she was going to be in the end like very strategical and mm-hmm. find a way out of there. But they the way they did her in was just like nope after that whatever bitch yeah well, they just threw away people well i think uh what was notable about sissy's character is um she also tried to prank jason because i remember she poured all that soda on his head but again <laughs> just the lead up to it she should have gone out in a better way than that she yeah. deserves so much better yeah i mean and also notably the only black character in this movie exactly yeah <laughs> i'm like don't you give me a little bit of her character and then you take her out yeah it, it was that was very rude um also i want to say maddie from uh, f- the New Blood, she was the the one with the makeover. <laughs> oh man! I mean that that was uh, at, at that very moment. I'm like, oh, she's gonna be a poor one out because that was she. The other thing is usually if you uh, lose your virginity, that's when you get killed. But mm-hmm. she was trying to lose her virginity. She she just put on some some tacky ass makeup some lipstick all she did was put on some lipstick looked seductively took off her glasses apparently and in this, bo- ro- in this that, world tease that <laughs> the fuck out of that hair so much aquanet oh my god yeah that was like hair to heaven and then <laughs> that tragic I don't know dress thing that she had on <laughs> she looked like a no neck no neck monster this is Tennessee Williams shit she's a little bit hunchback of Notre Dame in this one <laughs> and then who she was running after somebody in the woods I'm like oh David she was looking for David is that you David and I was like bitch if it was David he would have said something by now let me run after this noise I hear in the woods yeah and then she like gets chased into a shed and she's like running around shed going in and under outside of walls Jason breaks through the shed obviously and slits her neck with a scythe and then later on when Tina goes to find her she's nailed to a tree yeah yeah she's like crucified bodies getting moved around in this movie there's one of one of the dudes um, he takes homegirl down to the to the lake I think, okay, I'm hoping I'm not getting these mixed up. But the girl from 
soror- uh, slumber party Somebody massacre. Her. Yeah, yeah. He takes her down to the lake. Uh, he gets gutted or whatever happens to him. And then so you see his body on the shore. And then later on, he falls out a tree onto somebody. Mm-hmm. He falls onto Maddie. Mm-hmm. And then later, he's back up in the tree and she's nailed to that tree. Yeah. With her. What, did she have her shoes? <laughs> she had her shoes. <laughs> she had her high heels. She, was, she went out where she was holding her high heels still. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then speaking of uh, uh, Missy, who was it? Um, Miss Girl, who was in um, Summer Party Massacre, she got killed naked in the lake. And then her body got dragged all around the mud. And I was like, I don't. I just was imagining being that actress and being naked in the mud and I was like this is disrespectful I think she must have liked it she probably <laughs> it's probably her idea or some shit um, and then there was also Tony Go- Goldwyn Tony Gwyn- Tony Goldwyn Co- Tony Goldwyn he got first of all his girlfriend Lizbeth was the only person to show any kind of common sense in these motherfucking movies because she was driving no, I, I, I just said Sissy had a little bit but then and, they took her out but they took her but like um, Lizbeth was like they, this was like the first kill of the movie right Lizbeth they, they're driving through uh, Jason is sitting there with his mask and she was like listen I've seen enough horror movies to know the person with the mask you drive away from him which is why are you gonna say that and then do what they did and then dumbass you know president Fitz was like no 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 let's scare him try to get out maybe fire a pistol he gets killed um homegirl apparently had common sense but not enough to find her way out of a mud puddle yeah as soon as (laughs) she touched the water she she was like a fucking cat out of common sense "Ah!" yeah (laughs) just just rolled around at least three times could not get up and then and then jason played played a trick on her ass and disappeared she's like okay i'm about to get out of here like bitch. I also love that she was like going through her pockets for like five minutes, being like, "No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on," no and sense. then pulls out her American Express card Again, and was like <laughs> contradicting the character. Like she, she has, uh, she seems somewhat thoughtful, and then all of a sudden, this bitch just uh, she's clueless. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> pick pick a lane, please. Pick a lane. I also want to do a maybe this isn't a poor one out actually because she died when she had to die, but Violet in uh an, um in a new beginning, the poppin' locker. Oh, she deserved <laughs> that shit. That With I mean, the, just, looked like her dipped her hair in like a tar. Her first hair looked of all. good. Her hair looked good. I like the hair. <laughs> she was all crimped up. It was very sort of like Kelly Bundy meets goth. It, yeah, it was uh it was cute. The look was cute. The moves, though, that was that scene was atrocious and yes. offensive. The most offensive thing, maybe, of the whole series, besides you know the uh, the, the sexism and all that shit. But, oh yeah, just the low key, you know, just the blatant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that dancing it it just kept going on and on. And she was doing the same exact move. Which, like, I mean, it was a little bit more heightened, elevated, I suppose. But then it's like she's popping locking and does not notice. A hulking supernatural killer stalking mm-hmm. behind her. Yeah. Until it turns her around and machetes her through the window. Um, also, there was that one, uh, David's girlfriend, I don't remember her name, but she was, um, she got thrown out the window. Yeah. Because uh, she got scared by the cat, which I also got scared by the cat. <laughs> there was, in addition to being a lot of crapping in these movies, there was also a lot of surprise kitties. And uh, notable jumpy bitch, me. I could not take it. <laughs> you were jumping at shit that what there was nothing even happening in half these movies, and he was just getting ready for a jump that wasn't even going to. Because I'm not going to be taken out like that. No, no, no. I'm yeah, going to be ready the for these scares. The I'm going to be ready for the these guy scares. in the crowd. And I, I just low-key yeah, gave myself a panic attack. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those and so many more. Um, we got to pour one out for a bunch of the people in these goddamn dumbass movies. But notably, one of my old pour one outs from season one was um, Kelly Hu, who was in Jason Takes Manhattan. And I seeing that again. Here's the thing. Like, 
watching those movies at home, I missed so many things because I don't know, I'd be cleaning, I'd be cooking, I'd be on my phone. Yeah. Yeah, They blend together to me. There was so much about them. I mean, we saw them from six uh, at night till one in the morning. Um, But I loved watching them in the theater because I was, I paid so much more attention and I felt like I got the experience that I would have gotten in the Yeah, you're in a crowd full of people who all appreciate, you know, we all are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. I mean... People, yeah, people knew the directors, they knew the producers, they knew the special effects people. Tommy had to point out, look at all these nerds in here with their masks and shirts on, (laughs) me being one of them. (laughs) Fucking hater. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So thank you for that. Uh, 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 Pouring them out for these people. Peace. All right, we've reached the Act two, our main discussion topic, we'll be talking about Black Christmas, the reboot that was directed by Sophia Tikal, written by Sophia Tikal and April Wolf. Now, I also saw this at the Alamo Draft House, and they do this like pre-show thing um, before the movie starts. And they had interviewed April Wolf, and she was talking about how Bob Clark, the original writer and director of the 1974 uh, Black Christmas, he was really influenced by the Italian, uh, what is it called, Giallo? movies Mm -hmm. and he wanted to bring that sensibility to North America he's a Canadian it was a Canadian film he wanted to bring that sensibility to North America but give it more of a story um, more of a and give the characters a more sort of robust dialogue Um, and then April Wolf's had also been talking about how there's so many uh, marginalized characters in horror but almost never told from the marginalized person's perspective like there's this whole catalog of women being killed in final girls in these movies but how many of them are actually written by women um so the backstory of this this um reboot it was rebooted twice it was rebooted in 2006 which is a really really gross one i mean those people was eating eyes and shit um there was incest happening there was um Two killers. It was just a, it was a, did you like the, the 2006 reboot? Yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, Glenn Morgan's version. Basically, Bob Clark signed off on it. He, and he's a producer on the second one. Um, he, what he does is that's all, they kind of touch on this stuff in the first film. You hear these names, Agnes and Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the most distinctive thing you can hear in the calls besides like, let me uh, lick your cunt and shit. Like, <laughs> your piggy, your piggy <laughs> your, pussy. Your piggy pussy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, so he signed off on it. The director, like, very much influenced by this film, as were so many. John Carpenter, you know, cites this to be like the beginning of this this type of film. Uh, another big influence on the film was there was an urban legend, the babysitter and the man upstairs. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's also like a when a stranger calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he his idea was to... It was just effective enough, the noises and the story and the fact that you don't ever see this killer. Yeah, and, I mean, that was, in the, in the a, 74 version, we don't even know who it is. You never see this no. guy. So when they, what this director did, Glenn Morgan, is uh, he was able to pay, pay homage to the first and elevate it. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did a really effective job. And I mean, eye gouging galore. Yeah. It is. The eye stuff really <laughs> fucked with me. It was disgusting. Very effective. He uh, also, at one point, has a cookie cutter that he puts to the, his back of his he mama makes and makes cookies out of his mama. Skin, <laughs> makes skin cookies out of his mama. And That's they, gross. And they cited it earlier on when uh, and they're in the Clark Sanitarium and the guards like, 
uh, they give they're giving out Christmas cookies, and he's like, closest thing we could get to how mom used to taste. Oh lord! And I was like, what is that? I'm like, does does he mean how mom how moms used to taste? And then you get it's all actual. Mm-hmm. Oh okay, mm-hmm. angel cookie cutter mm-hmm. shapes of her. And close up on his nasty ass teeth too, as he's like eating through the skin. Cookie. I didn't, I didn't look at that shit either. It was disgusting. I didn't look at it. But I will say though, one of the things that I liked about the the reboot was when he when this person gets out of the asylum or the sanitarium or whatever, he uses a candy cane that he has sucked to a fine point to kill the guard with. Mm-hmm. And I never stabbed nobody with a candy cane, okay? But I do remember doing that with them, like sucking the end yeah. of it until it got really sharp and then would inevitably. <laughs> poke me in the the motherfucking tongue so (laughs) what a dummy (laughs) um i yeah the eyeball got um eyeball gouging galore that was a a lot um some of the kills well okay so they paid homage to like plastic bag suffocations all over the place Mm -hmm. you know citing the first kill in the the very first movie um they brought like basically you you find out that billy was basically he had jaundice. <laughs> I think that was just jaundice in the in the second film. Yeah, and it permanently made his. I had jaundice when I was a baby. I didn't turn out like that. Oh but, no! I mean, I, so I mean, you are pretty. Okay, you stop. Whatever you're about to fucking say. Um, I <laughs> he that was pretty funny to me. The the eyeballs and it kind of added to. I don't know. I don't know what it added to it. It was like that was actually pretty stupid. But uh, there was. I really did like the way that they took out certain characters with the, with the plastic bag. I liked that how he set everybody up in the attic and you know kind of presented them in this way. You find out that he was molested by his mother and she hated him. She and, had his daughter. Yeah, he's his father. He's his sister's uh, dad, <laughs> <laughs> and he took her eyeball out one night. Oh was, yeah, he did. Remember he, that? Yeah, and uh, but there was also so many people in the remake um, who. You know, they had, what's her name, who played Buffy's sister? Buffy yeah, the Michelle, Tra- Michelle Trachtenberg, also yeah. Harriet the Spy. Yes, and, so, and spy. so she was in it, and then, like, Lacey Charbet from um, Mean Girls, and there were so, and a lot of people that I recognized, so it was hard to know who was going to die. Well, Michelle uh, signed on to the movie. She only would do it if she got killed. Mm, she and, got killed by an ice skate. Yeah, she got <laughs> uh, she got Lucy Lude, like, Kill Bill style, like, mm-hmm. scalped, mm-hmm. and... And this movie, I mean, they still straight up took that kill from Kill Bill because this is three years after that movie came out. But it was still a good, very effective. And yeah, she she says she sat in a room and a home alone and read it at night and was so disturbed by it. She's like, OK, I'll do it. But you got to kill me. Mm. And um, <laughs> later on, you, you know, you, you had mentioned. And also, this was run by uh, Dimension Films, which was the heart. The Weinstein brothers were there at the time. They had a big influence on this shit. Oh, and yeah, they made them change it. Like, they, there's an alternate ending. Yeah. They filmed scenes in the that are in the trailer that are never in the movie. Oh, yeah, because there's, like... I remember the trailer, uh, there was, like, somebody getting, like, kind of gobbled up by some kind of, like, a string light machine. Mm-hmm. There a was lawn, also, it's a lawnmower light, weird-ass thing. And then there was... Um, Michelle uh, has a shotgun in it. There's somebody who's like underneath the ice of a lake mm-hmm. and some other shit. None of that ever shows in the film. But, no. And they shot that way after the at the end. Uh, they weren't Lauren's sister after she got the, the nice watch and was like, I want to open this in front of you because you were her sister. Um, it was supposed to end with a phone call from Billy. Like he's still out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then they switched it to, oh, no, you y'all are going to get killed or you're going to have to fight him at the hospital. And she was notably the teacher in Final Destination. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's the one who got fucked up by the... It started with the coffee mug oh my uh, God. full of vodka or gin, and then that cracked, and then it 
started like an electrical fire. <laughs> and then like, so then she falls, uh, the knife falls in her and then the chair falls on top of the knife and it drives her like further into good. her body. I was like, okay. That, I mean, I liked Final Destination. That we could talk about, we'll oh, talk yeah, about that, get later. Into that later. Um, so basically the, the backstory of the the 2019 um, Black Christmas remake is that Bloomhouse came to Sophia Taka and said, we have the Black Christmas rights, we have the IP and we have a release date. Do you want to write this movie also, you have eight months and it has to be PG-13 because <laughs> they were like, oh, this is going to be more younger fans and we want to make sure that they can actually be in the theater. And that was something that they kind of went back and forth on because they ended up shooting some stuff R and some stuff PG-13, but ended up having to use the PG-13 material, which is why this movie does not have any blood or gore. It's blood goo yeah. or, or black goo. So, but um, yeah, the one thing they did really well and... And I, when I, I actually went to a screening of uh, Black Christmas a few months ago and Sophia DeCall was there, mm-hmm. she, you know, talked about this has, no, you know, she was already like, guys, like, give me a break. This is my film is, again, an homage. It is not the same film. Mm-hmm. But the similarities were like Olivia Hussey in the first film is dealing with she wants to she doesn't want to have a baby. She wants to have a life and a career. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend's trying to, you know, control her body. Mm-hmm. And in this film, you're, you're they're dealing with a rape mm-hmm. and which is uh very a very touchy subject to, to pull into this this kind of film and also but she it, said it's effective because it was pg-13 they couldn't even say rape nope assault assault yeah. assault assault the mm-hmm. whole way and uh but the way first of all chris is the real scream queen in this film in my opinion chris is the only one the whole entire film uh, confronting everyone mm-hmm. never standing down mm-hmm. but then again then they write things in there where she doesn't trust riley mm-hmm. and riley says things um, you know, she starts uh, pointing out these messages she's getting, phone calls she's getting, and Chris doesn't believe her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then other times she does. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, what was up with the writing there? You know, well, just... th- th- part of it, a lot of it had to do with the, that it just kind of came down to the wire. I oh, think. yeah. But, um, but also, th- I mean, that's just poor writing, though. That yeah. uh, Just another uh, example of just like how, the, how they make like Homegirl, you know, not to call back to uh, Friday the 13th, uh, our poor one out. She was thoughtful, and then they killed her off in this stupid way. Mm-hmm. Um, but but um, the another thing is that this movie was written during the confirmation hearing of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, so that really influenced the script. Mm-hmm. And um, they basically the script they had the final version ready like a month before they were going to New Zealand to shoot it, and they had to keep amending the script because of the budget and because of the rating. Um, but so to take it back, the story revolves around. Uh, Riley Stone, played by Imogene Poots, who was in 28 Weeks Later, um, and she was also Green in Room. the remake of Fright Night, the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her sorority sisters, Chris, as we said, um, Marty, Jesse, and Helena, at this fictional Hawthorne College um, that shuts down for winter break. Then this cloaked and masked killer predictably stalks them and other sorority girls down one by one. So really what happened was Chris has started this petition to get the bust of um, Calvin, Caleb Hawthorne, um, taken out of, um, taken off of like public display because he had owned slaves and he, and he was a woman but he had practiced his black magic. See, so that what happened was that once they took out this bust, 
and they put it in the founders' uh, uh, fraternity room. It started crying all this black. But they don't blood explain goo. how the bus has black goo in it. None of that's explained. <laughs> and and they also it's, like it just like has this power to give boys headaches that turn them into misogynists. <laughs> yeah, and they can all of a sudden they know how to shoot bow and arrows and shit like that. Yeah. So basically, uh, there, there's a infiltrator within the group, Helena, who Riley oh, is, bitch, Helena. is the big sister of. Mm-hmm. She's going around. She still some. She takes things from everybody. One of them being a, a diva, diva cup. cup. Yep. And she goes and she puts the diva cup on and (laughs) she's like, how does that thing work? And she's like, watch. And she unzips her pants and very casually puts her diva cup on and then goes about her somebody else's (laughs) diva cup um, and then goes about her day. Uh, oh yeah, so that bitch Helena was the turncoat, right? So then she yeah, so she grabs items from all the different girls that they wanted. Every single girl who had had done this fraternity wrong, they wanted to get. So they had this list of names. So she had to get items from every single one of these people. And but the girls were like, no, we're not having this. Like we're fighting back or whatever. Um, and at one point, um, Mama's weapon was a pink shovel, a pink snow shovel. <laughs> um, and then like you know what's his name from Princess Bride is like this misogynist professor who was like the leader of this whole like weird cult thing. And first of all, like, I I love how, because he's done so many films with an American accent, I am very thrown off by him with an English <laughs> accent. His English accent sounds fucking fake. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, he needs to be killed just for that accent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Forever, like the Princess Bride dude. And I love the, the crush, though. Fuck Saw. Oh, the crush. crush. Mm-hmm. That is some kind of way we're going to have to fix the fit those films into our podcast. Oh, when she puts the, the bees in that woman's... Uh, We're going to have an Alicia Silverstone episode <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, his ass was... He played it well. You know, he just... He's such a bitch. Calling her out in class. Yep. And then he confronts her when she's snooping around the house. Yeah, she snoops, though. She's, yeah, but she's she, like, I want to get my comb. And he yeah, was like, like uh. really? <laughs> and then she happens to see this list of their names. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder what that's about. But I also liked that... Um, that Chris, so Chris is also... Because she's a rabble rouser, right? And now Chris has this other petition to get um, Princess Bride fired because his his list of, or his um syllabus only includes like white men he on won't, it. Yeah, he won't teach women's uh, uh, whatever their writings, which yeah. is just wild. Um, or people of color or queer people or anything because he's like, you know, you're here to learn the classics or whatever. So like, I love it at the fact that at the end, again, spoiler alert, but we told you there was going to be spoilers. Chris was like, suck my dick and she throws that firebomb at him and it starts him on fire. Oh yeah. Which and, then, and that was wonderful how she, she got to take him out. Riley got to take her attacker out. Mm-hmm. thought that was really handled. I did not like the fact that they split up and Riley, all of a sudden Riley's having to convince Chris to go right. back. And I'm like, no, Chris was, the, yeah, Chris was the one. Chris was the one who had to convince yeah. your ass. She was the one yeah you find they uh so when chris goes to you know find her friend i think that she was going to find Lindsay or something discovers that Lindsay's not there she got killed in the very beginning Mm -hmm. and that other sorority house is being attacked by these dudes as well Mm -hmm. because they didn't participate in the talent show yeah 
where they sang like Mean Girl style, like they dressed up in their little Santa suits and then talked about the rape. Yeah. And, or the assault. The assault. Uh, That's what we're calling it in this PG-13 yes. movie. Um, yeah, and uh, and I like I loved the fake out because like, first of all, there was a lot of ham content in this movie. Um, there was the ha- the piggy. There were the reference in the the first text message that Mama gets in the very beginning, the one who gets taken out first by the ice pick or whatever. Um, she gets a pig and a cat mm-hmm. emoji, which I thought was like lick my piggy pussy, like an homage <laughs> yes. to that, because they couldn't say lick my piggy pussy because yeah. it was PG-13. but no, that was directly con- you know connected to that. So they were like, what does a Christmas ham and like a, a sorority girl have in common or whatever? Then there was like um, first, and then Jesse who was like, do I just put the ham in the oven and turn it on? Is that how you cook this? And then was like, I could have been cooking ham this whole time and. And then the campus security guard was eating a ham sandwich. You see, I see all this ham content. I was watching you for also, ham. You've also pointed that out to me when I've eaten prosciutto or ham in front of me. I'm like, I've noticed that you <laughs> you like to acquire a lot of ham in your life. Who I, eats ham? That's what I was just curious about. I mean, everybody but you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when the campus security guard finally gets called to the sorority house, we learn that it's another sorority that had been being attacked, which I liked that. And then you get to see what's her name, um, uh, uh, Stab... A man in the black in the heart or whatever with an ice pick, which I thought was really cool. And Jesse, speaking of Jesse, because we don't get to see her die either because it was a little probably because mm-hmm. she gets a, a shard of mirror to her face. So that's like a little bit too R. But um, I thought the star of the movie was Jesse's eyebrows, <laughs> uh, played by Brittany O'Grady, who was in that TV show Star, which well, I still haven't seen. Well, wait, even wait, though... wait. I've seen that show, and I am I I can go on and on about Star, which <laughs> I happen to love. And yes, those and those eyebrows were tame in this show compared to Star. She's got some caterpillars she's, on that no, face. She's got the, those are the most flawless, beautiful, big ass, bushy eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I have been jealous of those things for about two, three years now. Uh, and also just have a major crush on her. She's just hot. She is so and, pretty. And I was like, okay, wait a second. She got a little bit of range. She because in she's straight up thuggish and star. Oh like, really? Oh yeah. She's in and out of jail. Oh, all okay. kinds of shit's going on. In this she's very demure, very mm-hmm. sweet. You, there's no sign of that. Yeah, and her like she's got this like um like a, a what do you call that vocal fry voice and she's like mm-hmm. I, I was so. like who's this bitch I'm like okay okay range okay uh, <laughs> and is it Patty LaBelle play um Queen Latifah's mom in that TV show yes 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 okay so I'm gonna have to <laughs> and I think Vivica Fox is up in it I could no no Vivica's in Empire but there's like a crossover anyway oh no it's a mess um, there was yeah, so there were some callbacks to the original film with the piggy pussy uh, emojis, but then also um, at one point Riley kills one of the dudes with a plastic bag mm-hmm. that was from the dress that Jesse had like returned to her or whatever earlier in the film, which I thought was a good one. Um, my favorite quote was "Rebuild yourself, bitch." <laughs> as they're getting ready to do the the musical number, and that's what Chris says to Riley, and I was like, "That's a good one." Yeah, I like that. I could do that. That one. was great. Um, just. Jumping back and forth, but there, uh, there's a death we skipped over in the second film when Lacey got garden hoed. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Bitch got garden hoed." I said that out loud. I, I forgot about that death. Miss Party of Five. Yeah. Uh, also, and Mean Girls reference that you know. So she's in. Isn't she's in Mean Girls, right? Yeah, she's in Mean Girls. And then they dress up like Mean Girls in the yeah. sec in the third film. Also, Amanda Seyfried was um going to play the lead in the remake of Black Christmas in two thousand and six, but the director didn't want two girls from Mean Girls because that would have been too referential. But then the this one, the twenty nineteen one, directly references Mean Girls with the outfits and the performance, mm-hmm. which I thought was like a nice. They're talking to blend. each other. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean. We can't really talk about this movie without talking about the backlash, 
which mm. is like very, very heavy online. It's getting a lot of hate from people who are saying it's like too political, too social justice warrior-y. But like all of them got backlash. But all but the thing is like what horror movie isn't political? Yeah, it's you know? because also because this falls around Christmas and people are, you know, people are very sensitive about their Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Christian groups boycotted the first film. And then it, the second film, there was, I'm trying to think what was going on on that one. It, it was the some... wine, the Weinsteins were the issue in the second film. Mm-hmm. And then this one, it's just people just aren't, I thought that they handled the politics of it very well for what they had to work with. Yeah. And also like the first film has deals with control of women, abortion, domestic violence. Like they're, they're, they're this series is political, mm-hmm. you know? Also, I remember they, reading that they um, wanted to switch the title of Black Christmas because they didn't want to get it confused with like black exploitation films of the time. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they're next, the, it was released in Canada as Black Christmas and it was released here as Silent Night, Evil Night. Oh. That was the alter- alternate title. Um, I liked uh, in the in the original one. There was another line: uh, "You're a real gold-plated whore, mother." You know that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really good. Oh, Andrea Martin was in that one and in the twenty the yeah, two thousand six different remake. characters, yeah. which was interesting. She was, you know, she was Phyllis, little mousy Phyllis, and then she was the house mother. Mm-hmm. Who, and she gets icicled, icicled in the face. And then who gets icicled in the th- in the third one? The uh, uh the first girl. Gets icicled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think one of the when when the um, security guard breaks into the other sorority house. Yeah, I think mom is killing that guy with the icicle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. So they want to they want to bring some of these things back. Also, in the original film, the house mother was uh, that role was offered to Betty Davis, who turned it down. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Mm. That was an uh, interesting character because they turned her alcoholism into uh, there. There was like the the alcoholic character in the, in the second film. Yeah, she yeah. had a whole. She was doing shots and drinking and had a glass of wine. And it was like Mom- everybody was just a hot mess in that house. <laughs> and they're like, "We're sisters. Let's act like it." I'm like, I mean, I guess you guys are. Yeah. I mean, y'all hate the fuck out of each other. I was not expecting. So the the death that I was not expecting in that one was I really, really, really thought Michelle Trachtenberg was going to be till the end. I didn't. Mm. Uh, she just, I mean, she seemed like she just didn't give a shit. They, mm. they, I think they, they just didn't pr- prop her up to be that character. She seemed like she was just there to kind of, she just wanted to have a good time with it. But the final girl in that one was, she was also in the remake of When a Stranger Calls. Yeah. Um, I didn't peg her for final girl. No, she's not. No, she, did not. she doesn't work. No. Not at all. I was like, I don't know how you got this role, Ma. It should have been Michelle. Yeah. But I think they put her in there, too, because it does throw you off. You assume it's going to be the more popular, more recognized face. Um, but yeah, she, her character, She's it, also she tells them to stay at the house instead of leaving. They all should have just gotten that car together and took off. That's really what should have happened. Like, fuck who you can't find. Mm-hmm. Like, you know people are disappearing, so mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. Um Oliver Hudson. Uh, oh, that's right. He yeah. was the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's up in there being a hoe for show. He like, is. Oh my. Yeah, because he has. He has like this like um sex tape leak leak online. Mm-hmm. He goes we- my tapes. Yeah. So there, there's multiple tapes. So he's a hoe. Yeah, and, you, and that leads you to believe that he filmed uh uh the screen queen of the final girl in this film mm-hmm. without her knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then he's and then he calls up a bunch of bitches. You guys don't appreciate anything. Mm-hmm. But you know they they do. They do a good job of like giving making these men like their hissy fits are hilarious. Yeah, they're what the one dude in this one, mm-hmm. um, in in the in the most recent one, the twenty nineteen one, he plays one of the boyfriends. Nate. Yeah, yeah. He at one point says, "I like beer," which is what 
Brett Kavanaugh said during his confirmation hearing. So I thought that was a little bit of a callback to that. Uh-huh. But then also he he gets one of the, I don't know, like the fucking black magic migraines or whatever. And like then he like has this hissy fit on the girls and yeah. he gets thrown out of the I'm house. I'm a man. I don't assault people. I don't do that. And then but he gets a change of heart, mm-hmm. comes back and gets an arrow in the face. <laughs> Although I will say I that moment the moment when they start getting the text messages because like the the calls feature so heavily in the first and the the first one and then the remake in this one it was more instead of a, the call is coming from inside the house it was like the the DM is coming from inside the college kind of a thing because there was yeah. more DMs and text messages in this one that substituted for the calls but when they start to get him in the house one after the other and then they just like these arrows start coming out of nowhere that was a genuinely scary moment oh for it was me. great I was yeah. great um had a that movie Year Next had that kind of oh, feel. Yeah. yeah, it had that vibe to it a little bit. Because they're at the dinner table, right? And mm-hmm. then the arrows start coming through. Oh, that movie scared the fuck out yeah, of me. Yeah, we gotta watch that again. Yeah, but then there was that, the final girl in that one, I loved her because she was like She's some survivalist fantastic. and just yeah. like fucking kicks ass. Loved uh, it. Yeah, the, but, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that that's what I loved about this one is like the girls fighting back. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls coming together to fight mm-hmm. back and to take it to the frat house or whatever. Oh, it was the shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that they redeem themselves a bit by bringing Chris back with all the, with all the girls. Mm-hmm. Like, here we go, let's do this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bitch Helena, she got Helena her, her next snap. being all loyal. Yep. Um, she was like, I did where everything Where loyalty get you? Nope, nowhere. Loyalty to the wrong people. No, no. Loyalty to no man. That's what it's going to get you. And one other thing um, to, to, to point out that the Glenn Morgan and the, the director of the second Black Christmas, he was inspired by Ed Kemper, um, mm. who's also, they featured that that serial killer. He was the guy that killed all the sorority girls. Oh, yeah. Because I, I watched Mindhunter. I watched Mindhunter. Yeah. So, yeah, he's featured in Mindhunter. And, you know, six, I, seven, and I believe he's six, seven. I was like, uh, here we go, getting into height, the height whisperer over here. I was like, I don't know, Do maybe. not talk about Ed Kemper like that. Oh, my God. That is fucking horrible. The fir- the, that's the first thing they said about him. Big male, he's 235, a, I mean, he's six, a big seven. Ass dude. And I was like, ooh. Oh. What am I going to do with this one? Oh, my God. Okay. See, that's why I know we're friends. <laughs> I, I forgot to, yeah, one thing I forgot to mention. I, the original film, when I discovered it, I was about 15, 16. I used to love just falling asleep to the film. And just, it was my yeah, that's... And the, Bob Clark, because he nails nostalgia and the sounds are beautiful and mm-hmm. really warm. And those fucking phone calls, as terrifying as they were, it was so like exciting to me. Like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that's like in your face violence. But this was just so psychological. Yeah. But I still like to just go to sleep and fall. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it would be like the whispering. And I would just be, oh, fuck. So that was when you got into ASMR. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, Also, I remember like the reason why I remember when I first saw that movie, I was like, why is this so familiar to me? But I remember watching the uh, old Romeo and Juliet. Olivia Hussey. And she was in. She's Juliet. Juliet. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Bob Clark. But the speaking of nostalgia and why I. I, perhaps I like this. He went on to direct the Christmas Story, and <laughs> which is another fucking classic film. He also directed Porky's One and Two. Oh, also directed Baby Geniuses One and Two. Really, <laughs> Mr. Bob Clark. Very, very, just a full spectrum right there. Uh, yeah. So. If that says anything about me and you, you're you're over here the height whisperer for Ed Kemper. I'm over here. Listen, like, <laughs> you know what? Don't take me out of context. I just said it went through my mind. I heard what you said when I saw the, the actor. Heard what you said. <laughs> also, so many also's. The in the second film, the Weinstein's wanted two two killers. Yeah. So they brought back 
Billy's daughter, Agnes. who looks like uh, she looks like Genesis from P- Genesis Purage from Psychic <laughs> TV. <laughs> I kept thinking that the whole time, oh. and I was just like, "Why is Genesis?" In it? <laughs> no, it totally does. Uh, did you see Genesis and Lady? Gr- well, that was that documentary it was so sad. It was so good. Anyway, mm-hmm. off track. I've seen Genesis a few times. I've seen Psychic TV many times, but yeah. off track. Um. Genesis does look like somebody who would be in a horror movie. Yeah. (laughs) Much respect to Genesis. Much respect. Love you, B. Um, uh, yeah, so I ultimately, like, I did see it twice. I was at a Q&A with Sophie Tikal and April Wolf, and they were just kind of like... (sighs) April Wolf especially is, like, a, like, scary movie historian. She loves them. And it was... I felt the reverence and the love for horror in this script in this even though it wasn't like the best movie I've ever read before you know it's not like the best written movie ever um I really enjoyed it and I thought the things that it did well it did really 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 well absolutely I mean you really I I don't we we already know as horror fans like you don't judge these at the same standard you judge other your typical films because they're exploring things in a way that other films don't get to Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you know the the throwback the campiness of it I think it's a I think it was a great balance I really liked I felt that the characters although they were, you know I think timing had a big issue was a big part of the issue mm-hmm. there were still strong female characters yeah and I also I just thought it was also like shot well yeah. like you know when Diva Cup was walking through the house <laughs> and was like looking for the cat and she's going in and out all these yeah. rooms and it's just like one stationary camera yeah as she's walking through the house and then ultimately you know get strangled up by some by some string lines or whatever but like that was I thought like just so much of it looked great mm-hmm. you know when like at the very beginning when he's like pulling what's her name down and she has done because she was like getting stabbed in the uh, in the snow and so it looked, she did like a snow angel basically and he's like mm-hmm. pulling her down snow angel we're calling back to the 2006 cookie cutter snow angels yes and so then that and then all like it, then the title card black christmas to the side of her or to the side of that pattern i thought it was just beautiful i thought it was pretty it is it was great it, to it look really, at really like i would describe some i'm trying to what we'll be watching oh the the friday the 13th series where they describe some of the pieces as being like something you would see in mocha yeah you know it's mm-hmm. really i look at a lot of horror movies i think they're it's serious art to me mm-hmm. i mean to be able to bring out that dementedness without to touch on those subjects and uh, in a somewhat elegant way, mm-hmm. I think that's there's finesse that has to go into that. And I commend it. Yes. So our act three, we're getting into our final scream queen. Who are we talking about? Uh, we could each talk about a different one. Okay. So my, so it, we're talking about uh, Friday the 13th, five, six, seven, eight. Who did this you is, choose? Okay, this is a controversial opinion because she kind of looks like Megan Kelly if Megan Kelly didn't like fucking put her hair to an ironing board because mama's hair is thin. <laughs> but mine is Rennie from um, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, that's uh, Tina is the goat of all goats. We know that. Like Tina from a, uh, The New Blood because, you know, she's basically Carrie. She's got all these psychokinetic powers. But Rennie was a writer you know i identify with that and like so she has like stephen king's alleged hi- pen that he used in high school or whatever yeah i knew as soon as you saw that pen you were like oh, that's, that's my going bitch somewhere. right there yeah yeah <laughs> uh and so she ends up listen so jason has been shot he's been stabbed he's been electrocuted he's been axed all about the body i'm not talking about axe body spray um but for some reason getting a pen in the eye is just like the most humiliating injury that he's ever gotten i think so like that's i'm i'm gonna choose Rennie. For my screen queen but you know tina i love her too she was in the new blood um because i feel like when tina was there it was like maybe the first time we see jason 
kind of scared because he because she's got all these carry powers like throwing nails and shit into him collapsing houses on top of him and shit like that yeah i yeah. mean tina's my girl mm-hmm. tina's uh she's got problems uh, <laughs> <laughs> she got big problems she and she puts it out there she goes listen i got baggage don't you don't want to deal with me that's the first and, thing she says to that man and he's like i love you he's like i, will, the, I will marry you right here on this he didn't say that but, but he, he's all but doing that i know but i question his taste because he was wearing oh, he denim head to toe very <laughs> questionable taste he was very. in a canadian tuxedo in that whole scene and uh, i was like mm, mister <laughs> i yeah you know so Carrie meets whatever. It, I mean, it's Carrie meets Friday the 13th. I love it. I love seeing and how her powers build up. I'm trying to remember, like, who pisses her off, like, the most. I'm trying to remember calling back to, uh, oh, it's, oh, homeboy. Uh, the doctor? Uh, 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 Weekend at Bernie's, whatever his fucking name is. Right, right, right. Turns out, you know, he's her therapist, brings her out to the scene of the crime where her father uh, Where she killed her father, basically. Yeah, yeah she basically killed her daddy uh, with her powers and drowned his ass. And then he got snatched up or something by. Oh, yeah, because she had seen him because he was a, an alcoholic. He was beating on her mama. Beat her mama. She ran off. Daddy came after her. She and then she she collapsed gets, a deck or something. Yeah, on and, top he, of him. and he's gone. Oh, and that's the, right. And he comes back and he drags Jason she back. Brings, she brings her daddy back at the end. She goes, my daddy's going to some shit like that. And her daddy <laughs> comes out of the pier, out of the water. Doesn't make any fucking sense. No sense. But it's fucking wonderful. <laughs> um, I, that, that one bitch, Melissa, in it. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Melissa man. gets an axe to the face. But she's just, she is just a hot mess mm-hmm. and just rude. Uh, she made it pretty fucking far though she uh, she made it too far in the yeah. movie but i think that makes it more satisfying when she dies mm-hmm. you know but it was just like oh like when when is it gonna happen like, they're like melissa stay in this house and she's like this isn't really my style she opens up the door there is jason with the axe right away mama yeah, just gets it to straight her face. To the face right to the face right to the face right to the face that she thought was so pretty also um oh. stuttering stanley that she <laughs> she kicked him to the curb and oh. and then he doesn't get any another person that gets gets no action and still gets killed and very rudely mm-hmm. you know i felt bad for that oh when but but tina did give melissa a little shade when she broke her pearl necklace yeah yeah and, with, she with her mind that yeah that was the other bit that was like who else pissed her off it was melissa yeah and she yeah she got she shook her head and did a bewitched nose twitch or some <laughs> shit and her, ne- <laughs> her fucking necklace broke my pearls <laughs> <laughs> Although, like the Pam from uh, uh, the New Beginning wasn't my favorite, but she did run around for a very long time in the rain in a white blouse with no bra and, and the perky titties and hugging on this little boy oh. Reggie Reggie the Reckless, uh, kissing him. I feel like they 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 told her like play it up this way because she's holding on to him. He also introduces He's like a her. Old boy, first he of all. introduces her to his brother. Like, this is my woman too. After he sees Demon and Anita, that mm-hmm. like, well, I got a woman too. And she shows up like, oh, okay, sure, I'll play into this Mm -hmm. and another thing because I've never really sat down and just watched the movie like from beginning to end without distractions Mm -hmm. I never noticed her titties in the rain I just I remember a lot there's always gratuitous titties in these movies Mm -hmm. I just did not notice that one it is so ridiculous I didn't either to be honest with you but then when them titties had the chainsaw was like getting at him that was pretty good and then Reggie coming through with the bulldozer or whatever the shit yeah I like I like the uh uh, whatever the fuck was going on with that, I I like that he made it to the end. They can't kill a little black boy. They already killed his brother and his grandpa and his grandpa. And they they don't show you they what, happened to, what happened to they grandpa. They just throw him through a damn window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You can throw him like a dolly right through the window, oh, right Lord. at Pam. 
And we also had to bring up, of course, uh, the infamous sleeping bag scene. We forgot to even talk about the sleeping bag, the whip around. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I, I'm trying to, okay, here I go again, mixing up all these films. But anyway, Tina, she she's a winner for me. Every A lot of people hate on Jason. Uh, Jason the New Blood? Yes, New Blood. Uh, and a lot of people hate on Jason Lives. I and a lot just in general, the films we saw are considered the bastards of the family. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think they stand out to be they they hold up better than the originals in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean the thing is like what you get by the time we get to New Beginning, uh, and especially like is that they become um, aware like the series is aware of itself as a series, mm-hmm. right? And is um, more internal humor. Well, and after part four uh, or five. Part three ended, they, but they wanted to switch up the killer. So four ended with that <laughs> the weirdo, the the coroner, the co- uh, the coroner, the the pe- the uh, what is he? The ambulance guy. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. The, what are the, the? It's not a coroner. It's a paramedic. Paramedic. There we go. And he's, you keep getting these weird looks and comments from him th- throughout the whole film. He's like, what happened? Oh, uh, he has this the, is interesting. He has big old blue eyes bugged out and shit, and you're like, And because okay. of the beginning of that film, his you find out that his brother is the one that got stabbed to death by... That got axed by the... the yeah, by well, the dude at the thing. That so, horny guy with like... He, he was like, you know how you can tell he's a badass is that he has like a, a pyramid stud like thing around his bicep or whatever, like uh, Macho Man Randy Savage or some shit. He's got like a wrestling band on mm-hmm. his arm. And I was like... Mm. Oh yeah, he's the tough guy. Yeah, but he could ax me anytime. Oh, <laughs> Lord. All right, so Tina Shepard and Randy Wickham, you are our screen queens this week. Well done. Scream Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound. With theme music by Doc Allison. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all relevant social media. And I'm Drea Washington. You can find me on Instagram at Hey Girl Hey. And you can find us on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. And on the World Wide Web at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. And in the scary movie of your life, you better Scream Queen! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.